the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, friends and neighbors, fellow ridiculous historians, welcome to the show. I, for one, am excited because today's episode concerns one of our favorite genres of historical individuals, the con artist. The flim flam man, mm -hmm. the, which our last episode did as well. We have we have a preponderance of con artists in the show. Yeah. Uh, and I have no regrets about it. Who am I? I'm Ben. That's who you are. I'm Noel. This is Ridiculous History. And who's that handsome man outside of the booth? Why? That why, devil? As I live and breathe, that's super producer Casey Pegram. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I love it when people say, as I live and breathe. Well, it's funny, too, because when you said that sound, yes, I do love that expression. But when you said that and then the sound happened, a beautiful glint on Casey's pearly white, very straight teeth lit mm. up the room. It's true. It's true. We, uh, off air, uh, Noel and I spend a, 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 a lot of time just sort of staring at Casey when we think he's not looking. He, he always sees, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to find out on air, Casey. Yeah, I know. It's fine, though. <laughs> it's fine. It's endearing. Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. Uh, let's make that a t-shirt. Uh, we have so many ways to begin today's story. Uh, today, I guess one of the easiest ways to begin it would be to give a brief shout out to uh, the, the king of gravity, Isaac Newton. Can we have an air horn? There we go. Yes. Our boy, <laughs> Isaac Newton, uh, invented gravity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Beforehand, yeah. it was pandemonium. I know, it was nuts. Isaac Newton uh, was an English mathematician, an astronomer, a theologian. Uh, he was described in his day as a natural philosopher, one of the predecessors to what we would call a scientist today. Uh, he was born in December of 1642, the 25th of December, and he lived until uh, the 1720s, 1726, 1727. Uh, today's episode does not concern his many, many innovations and his uh, scientific pursuits. Uh, it concerns something uh, much more noir. Can I also point out that in his day, he was a dead sexy SOB. Mm-hmm. And really? asexual. No way. He's just like a, sort of a Morrissey figure, a less problematic Morrissey figure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not too controversial to say that a lot of people are less problematic uh, than Morrissey, right? Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, so he did, he did, by all accounts, die a virgin. So maybe it's unfair to uh, give him that term, asexual or ace, but he, he did die a virgin. I put forth— that he just didn't have time for that kind of shenanigans. He, he, he was occupying his time with more important pursuits. Mm-hmm. Celestial oh, yeah. pursuits. And terrestrial pursuits. Also true. Yeah, it's, it's true. Maybe he was just busy, sort of a, a Tesla figure. We often hear about Isaac Newton in relation to his many, many scientific pursuits, uh, as well as some of his more... Uh, spiritual or esoteric pursuits. But what many of us may not know, I'll, I'll come clean, what I did not know before we began researching this episode. Nor I, Ben, nor I. <laughs> was that he, also, uh, he, he also worked as a lawman of sorts. Yeah, not, not only a lawman, like a, like a sleuth, mm-hmm. like, like a Batman-level Detective. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. He took his scientific acumen and his uh, cognitive prowess and he applied it to the problem of crime. Journey with us back to 1695. England's Royal Mint found out that they had a very, very alarming problem. They had a bunch of currency in circulation, right? A large portion of that currency was fake, it was counterfeit, it was phony. And this uh, is not a good look for the Royal Mint. It's not a good look for the economy at large. And the counterfeiting operations were growing increasingly sophisticated, sort of like in the Terminator franchise when the original robots are easily distinguishable from humans, but then they get better and better and better and increasingly difficult to identify. And lest we uh, forget to mention that the man who discovered this problem of counterfeit uh, coin was Isaac Newton himself after he was made the warden of the Royal Mint, not to be confused with, like, Warden of the North or something like that. <laughs> right. But it, it really does carry quite a weighty aura, the term warden, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we just got new business cards, and I'm kicking myself. We could have chosen some type. Do you think they would have let us choose Supervising warden of production. <laughs> there we go. That that's, sounds that's very, weird. yeah. When I first got business cards here way, way back in the day, because I've been here forever, uh, they allowed me to choose my own uh, job title. Casey, you remember this because I was I was polling everybody and I I got very close to uh, changing my job title to a life coach 
or the experience. Sort of like The Edge. Yeah, 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 but good. <laughs> so, what was wrong with The Edge? This guitar tone is very influential. I just think meeting someone and having to call them The Edge, it's a, it's a preposterous expectation. He also seems like a pretty boring dude. Does he? Just, just, he's got like just his, his whole look. He just doesn't seem <laughs> – I could be wrong. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he yeah. seems like the least edgy type of dude, especially when you go by the name The Edge. You know, hey, you know nicknames are weird, and he's not hurting anyone. I'm, I'm glad he's happy. I hope he's happy with the name. I hope he doesn't feel trapped in that moniker. Well, I'll tell you who wasn't happy. It was Warden of the Royal Mint, Sir Isaac Newton, in the year of 1696 when he made that shocking discovery that 20% of the coins that the mint was circulating were, in fact, counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And he decided to set out on a fact-finding expedition. Dare we say an investigation? Yes, yes, we dare. Because, you see, Newton, it turns out, was quite talented as warden of the Mint. And he was able to catch quite a few counterfeiters. Yet there was one fellow very high in the world of forgery and counterfeiting, a man named William Challoner, who kept escaping Newton's grasp time after time. William Challoner is someone who could be the subject of, uh, gosh, a, a multiple episode series all his own. And much like our friend uh, Mr. Fritz Dufkane mm-hmm. in the previous episode, mm-hmm. uh, this gentleman was also something of a villainous figure, um, a villainous renaissance man, if you will. Yeah, yeah, a grifter. <laughs> William Challoner was born sometime in 1650 to a poor family in Warwickshire, but he eventually attained a great financial success through his career in counterfeiting and through his career in con artistry. He started by forging Birmingham groats. That was a uh, English and Irish silver coin that was worth four pence. Or it could also be a Scottish coin originally worth four pence. And from that point, he moved on to creating counterfeit guineas, uh, crowns, half crowns, banknotes, even lottery tickets. There, <laughs> there's one side note that we, we have to get out of the way. He didn't just uh, make counterfeit currency. For a time, uh, he also made and sold uh, sexual aids. I'm sorry? Sexual aids. Come again? Aids. Can we say it on the show? Do come, you, come a third time? Can we say it on the show, you think? Oh, come Shall on. We? Surely we must. Dildos. He yeah. made dildos. Yeah. See, dildo is such a funny word because too, too many, it would be considered a swear, but it is such a silly, silly word. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it still somehow sounds less dirty than the phrase dongle. Dongle's way worse. <laughs> Dongle's oh, dongle. way worse. Oh, it's so bad. But yeah, a, 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 um, a false phallus. Yes, there we go. Yes, a counterfeit phallus. Oh my, we, we, we you know what, we, we got talked there. about, we, we no, got, we talked about this off air. Did we? We did, <laughs> and it's totally true. So he was counter, not only was he counterfeiting money, he was also counterfeiting penises. So we. <laughs> This is this is a, a funny episode for us because we had intended to record it earlier and before we, we had to before I had to leave town for a second. And when we got back together after I came back, we had an extensive, I think what, over over an hour and a half 
kind of quest to figure out if we had recorded this episode or not. Yeah. And I think it was because of the uh, false phallus discussion because yeah. we talked about it so much off air that we were like, I think we maybe did do it. <laughs> you right. know, oh, yeah. That, and then Casey, you know, on the case to the rescue, uh, let, let us know to our delight, in fact, that we had not recorded this yet. And this is what you hear before your very ears. <laughs> it was it was hilarious because as we do so often, uh, the two of us couldn't uh, figure out what we were supposed to be doing. And so we basically uh, flamed Casey, saying, hey, please tell us what we have or have not done. And Casey, by the way, thank you so much for keeping the ship on course. My pleasure. Casey, always on the case. Always. Perpetually on the case. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So here we are. Uh, William Challoner. He is uh, described as a willful youth with dishonest tendencies. Uh, he is originally apprenticed as a nail maker before he begins working in the thriving counterfeit industry of London. In the 1670s, he purchased a large estate in the country so he could move his minting process away from the heat. 
away from the heat of London's law enforcement. And he had a pretty good workflow set down. Uh, He would hire middlemen who would pass the fake coins into circulation. And those guys had the tough gig in his operation because the middlemen were the ones who were often caught. And when they were caught, they were hanged. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. And because this was such a risky business, uh, he garnered a reputation, um, sort of a a Moriarty of finance, you know, a shadowy kingpin. Holy crap. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're dead on because there is like this kind of Batman and Joker or Sherlock and Moriarty uh, relationship between these two men. He's sort of like the one that got away, the white whale, you know, mm-hmm. for um, our buddy Isaac Newton, who this guy was a thorn in his side because, like you said, he did a pretty good job of cleaning up the counterfeit scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this gentleman continued to slip through his fingers. Yeah, and a big part of this comes about because in the 1690s, English currency was moving away from purely coin-based stuff to notes, banknotes, and paper money. And Chaloner, although he had a lot of close calls, for a long time he avoided the law or the punishment for his crimes because the development of paper money was in advance of the laws created to ban forging paper money, which sounds a little bit word salady. A, a better way to say it is that technology will typically outpace legislation. We're running into it in 2019. We'll be running into it in the year 3000. Oh, totally. 1690s, no different. Because the wheels of justice grind ever so slowly while the wheels of commerce and progress mm-hmm. tend to be a little more lightning quick. Yeah, and his success became his undoing because he got squarely in the crosshairs of Sir Isaac the Warden himself. And Chaloner, although he had escaped jail for uh, numerous years and had never had to serve time, he had not escaped unscathed. He had a long paper trail of arrests and accusations, and this helped paint a picture of a guy who spent a lot of time on the wrong side of the law. And he was also a rat, did you hear about this? No, no, I didn't, but nobody likes a rat. Yeah, he he managed to get out of legal trouble multiple times by selling out other counterfeiters. And so, of the counterfeiters that he had sold out, who had been imprisoned or punished and not uh, killed or not executed, uh, Sir Isaac was able to question these guys and gather many people who would say, yeah, I'll go to court. I will point out that dirty rat, Billy Challoner, because I want my revenge. To which uh, Isaac said, "All right, let's make it. A, let's make it official. Let's do it. Let's make a deal." Um, he may have slipped the noose, Ben, but he did not slip uh, the clink because um, Newton was able to amass enough evidence and these uh, witness testimonies to get him locked up. But it didn't really take, did it? No, no. He bribed the prosecution's star witness, paid the witness enough money to flee to Scotland, and then Chaloner was released, and he accused Newton of framing an innocent man. We should step back for a second and say that Newton knows and despises Chaloner at this point because earlier Chaloner had appeared before a parliamentary committee and 
he said that Newton was incompetent, terrible at his job, and that the Mint employees were the ones responsible for the epidemic of counterfeit currency. So this is two strikes against the guy in Newton's mind. And this attack on his integrity enrages him. So he decides that he is going to play dirty as well. As you would call it, an old dirty pool. Uh, he began bribing crooks for information. He started making threats. He found not only Chaloner's associates, but the wives and mistresses of his associates and started intimidating and threatening them. In short, as uh, Judy Dutton says in an excellent article in Mental Floss, Newton became the Dirty Harry of his time. I don't understand that reference. Dirty Harry? Are you serious? What is he like? A, isn't he, is he a cop? I don't know what Dirty Harry is. Casey? He's a cop that doesn't follow the rules. Doesn't mm. like a lot of red tape. Ah, uh, so he's sort of like a Serpico type figure. He asks uh, punks if they're feeling lucky. Yeah, it's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. He, had a, he had a big giant gun, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a big what, old a magnum. magnum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Casey yeah. on the case. Can we get a Do You Feel Lucky punk? I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off, you could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> Perfect. So, yes, the, the comparison does hold because he was operating outside of the law, and he spent two more years chasing down Chaloner, and eventually his ethically questionable methods give him enough evidence to put Chaloner away for good. I picture Isaac Newton with his, uh, you know, very expertly coiffed uh, ringlets, you know, and his uh, kind of uh, ruffle shirt, you know, and some sort of velvet, uh, what would you call that, a doublet or something like that? Like waterboarding dudes in back rooms, you know, <laughs> dunking their heads in toilets and stuff like that just to get to this guy, Chaloner, you know. Yeah. And who knows? It could have happened just like that. This is terrible, for, but for some reason, I, I see I see a dildo with the intimidation tactics can we we should probably cut that <laughs> no 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 I, I, okay we let's 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 get your mind out of the of the gutter uh he clearly would have used it as more of a blackjack kind of thing that's what i'm thinking because you know, yeah, he could yeah. probably beat somebody with a tildo and it wouldn't leave a mark <laughs> I'm not, like a sack of oranges <laughs> exactly. yeah i'm not i mean i'm not thinking of something sexual i'm thinking of no, just an intimidation I, I, I know i was helping you out <laughs> thank you thanks for the save Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, 
retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. On March 3rd, 1699, Challoner is found guilty of high treason and he is sentenced to hang the very next day. Before his sentence is carried out, Uh, several days before, Challoner has written Newton a long letter proclaiming his innocence. And we we have a little bit, we can read an excerpt, but we're not going to read the whole letter because he writes him a series of letters that go on. And here's one example. I have been close prisoner eleven weeks, and no friend suffered to come near me but my little child, and I am not guilty of any crime, and why am I so strictly confined I do not know. I doubt, sir, you are greatly displeased with me about the late business in Parliament, but if you knew the truth, you would not be angry with me, for it was brought in by some persons against my desire." My favorite line, Exer, that was a wonderful read, Ben, is, I am going to be murdered. <laughs> it says M-U-R-T-H-E-R-E-D, but then later spells it correctly. I'm not sure this is a typo on this website, the newtonproject.ox.ac.uk, but I like to believe that he chose to spell murdered, murdered. Uh, so he says, yes. I am going to be murdered, although perhaps you may think not, but tis true I shall be murdered, the worse of all murders, that is in the face of justice. With an I, so it's like, Eustace, <laughs> and unless I am rescued by your merciful hands. Yes, yeah, and one of the very last lines he has is, Pray, sir, consider that these persons that thus accuse me are those formerly convicted for crimes, and hope your worship nor the court will believe the suggestions of such evil persons against me. That's a very similar argument to what's going on right now in the trial of uh, drug kingpin El Chapo. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently, you know, the prosecution um, had dozens and dozens of witnesses, and El Chapo's lawyer had, I think, no witnesses, and El Chapo didn't even take the stand, and his lawyer's whole defense was, all of these witnesses are scum, and uh, they're just trying to, you know, get out of their own problems or Right, whatever. get their own plea deals. And he signs this letter, your near-murdered humble servant, W. Chaloner. It's quite pitiful, because he's literally begging this man for his life. He's He's been bested by his nemesis, uh, and now he's behind bars awaiting the noose. Yep. This did not work. No. Newton felt no pity. Uh, He even, adding insult to injury, did the ultimate snub. He did not attend the hanging. 
he stayed home. I guess he was busy. Maybe something was on the 17th century Netflix. Maybe he was, you know. It was probably the crown. (laughs) It was probably the crown. Maybe he was at home uh, nursing his ego. But everybody knew he's guilty. Quick correction. I said that he uh, was supposed to be hanged the next day. He was sentenced the day after the trial, and he had a fortnight in which he wrote those letters. What is that, two weeks' time? Yeah, it's a period of two weeks. And over these two weeks, that's when he, he writes these series of increasingly desperate letters, not just to Newton, but to Justin Railton, who was the supervising magistrate. And you can see the stages of grief. They are apparent in these letters. Let's go through them. Of course, there are five stages. Uh, the first is denial, which he was he was obviously doing. Then there's anger. He was aggressive in these letters. Then there's bargaining, which he had done before by, you know, saying he would name other people. Then there's depression, which was probably a personal thing for him. And acceptance, which I don't think he really reached. So... Newton had written during Chaloner's first trial, the one where he got away, that the counterfeiter had formed a, quote, confederacy against the warden. And Chaloner could have lived a long, honest life had he let the money and the government alone. After, this is very interesting, and this is kind of sketchy, after Chaloner is executed, Newton takes all the records of his investigation and burns them. He destroys all records of his involvement in the investigation. And nowadays, scholars believe that is solely to cover up the ways that he broke the law in pursuit of this counterfeiter. Jeez. So he definitely did some dirty cop tactics. He continues working in law enforcement until 1703 when he... Like, turns in his badge, figuratively speaking, and becomes president of the Royal Society, returning to the world of academia. Yeah, to, to live out his twilight years. But man, he had a stretch there for a while where he was something of a bad cop badass, wasn't he? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And there ends the story of the counterfeit kingpin William Challoner, who was hanged on the 22nd of March, sixteen. 99. The physicist and the forger. The physicist and the forger. That's wonderful. This also reminds me of a great book I would like to recommend called The Professor and the Madman. Did we ever talk about this on on air? We had to. We did an episode related to this guy, the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, okay. It doesn't ring a bell, Ben. It's it's all a blur for me. It's it's the the Professor and the Madman, a tale of Murder, Insanity, and the Making of the Oxford English Dictionary reminds me of the strange pairing we have here with Newton and Chaloner. And what, you know, what it inspires me to think about would be other stories of these great rivalries, you know what I mean? Like the untouchables and uh, organized crime. I, I wonder what other stories are out there. There's something so compelling, so... um there's a high drama to it, you know? Big time. I'd love to see a, a film adaptation of this rivalry. Ooh, who would play Newton? Uh, I'm going to say, um, I don't know, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> are, you, are, you, is, are you getting a Sherlock template? I think template? it's the Sherlock vibe, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I would be interested to see Steve Buscemi play either of these characters. 
I think he would make a fantastic Newton. I think you're right. But I honestly think he might do better as the weird, twitchy villain guy. Yeah, because of his eyes. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, those Buscemi <laughs> eyes. Ah, uh, those Buscemi eyes. Let us know uh, what stories of personal uh, crime rivalries have captured your attention. And don't just let us know. You can also let your fellow listeners know by finding us on Instagram, by finding us on Twitter, or by finding us on our Facebook community page, Ridiculous Historians. Big thanks to super producer Casey Pegram, to Alex Williams, who composed our theme, to Gabe, our delightful and talented research associate, and to you, Ridiculous Historians, for checking out the show. Speaking of checking out, if you want to see our off-air, sometimes non-ridiculous history-related adventures, you can follow us on our very own Instagrams. I am, in a burst of creativity, at Ben Bullen. And I am at Embryonic Insider. Which I, I don't think I've ever said this on, on air. I don't think I've said this to you in person ever. We've known each other for years. But I think that's a cool name. Oh, thanks, man. It's actually, it was a name of a song in a band that I was in, a kind of... Uh, <laughs> a little bit embarrassing tidbit from my youth, kind of like a new metal type band that you cannot find anywhere, so don't even look around for it. But we had a song <laughs> called Embryonic Inside, and so I changed it to Embryonic Insider. So there we go. That's the inside scoop on Pe- that. Peek behind the curtain. For more inside scoops on the ridiculous, bizarre, and hilarious tales of human history, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes and... Uh, swing by our website, RidiculousHistoryShow.com. We're in the t-shirt business, as I think we've mentioned before. And, uh, you know, it's probably time for us to add some new t-shirts, Noel. My favorite and our newest is Casey on the Case. Does it exist? Yeah, yeah, it's there. It, it, it's really cool. Casey, I don't think I didn't hear you slip in that other Casey on the Case sound cue. No, seriously, man, you, you don't have to do it every time we say the phrase. But it's fun when he does. It's so good. See you next time, folks. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. 
you can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.